I want to turn your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. Title, brief title of tonight, The Big Fight, Faith versus Fear. Faith versus Fear. And we're reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, and verses 22 onwards. 22 onwards. Father, as we come to your word right now, we pray that you would pinpoint something that would change our lives. Lord, we're here tonight to be changed. We're here tonight to leave changed. And Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus that by your grace we're able to step up, Father, to make a difference for you, to step out and to believe you, Father God, for great things in the name of Jesus, to step out of our world into someone else's world and make a change, make a difference in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read verses 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds and after he had dismissed the crowds he went up on the mountain by himself to pray when evening came he was there alone but the boat by this time was a long way from the land beaten by the waves from the wind was against them and in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were terrified and said it is a ghost and they cried out in fear, and immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, saying, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you little faith, why did you doubt and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This passage starts tonight simply by saying Jesus sent the disciples on a trip. could be a mission trip, a journey. And here he sends them on a journey. He dismisses the crowd that he's been ministering to. He's been feeding the 5,000. He sends them on a mission. He says, go over to the other side. And what does he do? He goes on the mountain and he begins to pray and he begins to see God. And here the disciples, they're going on this boat and suddenly they begin to struggle and the waves and the wind begin to come against the boat. And they're in a difficult situation. I don't know about you, but when I'm reading this verse tonight, I'm looking at this scripture and Jesus sends them on a mission. He doesn't promise that life will always be rosy and life will always be great. But here he sends them on a boat trip and suddenly it's difficult. It's hard. And the wind is beaten against the boat and there's, there's difficulty there. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Here Jesus goes to the mountain and he begins to connect with God. He begins to seek God. He begins to connect with God in such a powerful way. And suddenly, through prayer, he begins to rise above the wind and rise above the waves. See, prayer will conquer your fears. Hallelujah. Prayer will lift you up above the circumstances and the situations that you're facing. Now, I don't know about you. Fear is a real thing. I had a dream the other night, and fear can paralyze your life. Now, we all have faith. We all want to have faith. We all have a desire to have faith. But there's this battle going on between faith and fear. Sometimes we're stepping in faith and we're believing God and our prayers feel like they're just hitting the mark and God is answering our prayer. And then so, so, sometimes we're going through a situation where we're gripped by fear. We, we can't even begin to pray. 
We can't even get the words out to pray because we're so fearful. And I remember having this dream and there was a young boy who was passing by and he was playing around on the wall of the beach and I was just connecting with him, having fun with this little boy and I was connecting with him and suddenly this little boy jumped into the sea and I just assumed, well, he was having a lot of fun. He was having a lot of fun and I thought, oh, he must be able to swim and then suddenly I saw this boy just begin to slip under slip under the, uh, the water, and I, I, I got panicked, and I thought, my God, what am I going to do? Obviously, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to save that boy. But suddenly, fear gripped me, and in the middle of the dream, I, I, I was almost paralyzed. I, I felt this paralysis. I couldn't move, and then suddenly, I woke up from that dream. Often, that's what fear can do in your life. Here, the disciples, they're in the wind, and they're in the wave, and then the fourth watch of the night, and then suddenly, Jesus turns up. When I was reading this, you know what? When you're going through your toughest time, don't forget that Jesus is sometimes in the midst of the storm. In fact, in this scripture, Jesus even arranged the storm. He arranged the trip. He knew what was going to happen. Probably that was the reason why he went into prayer in the first place. I've got an idea here from this verse that when Jesus went into prayer, he was actually praying concerning this mission trip. He was actually concerning the disciples. He began to pray concerning their lives. And when he showed up in the fourth watch of the night, walking on the water, operating in the supernatural, teaching the disciples a principle, walking on the water, he was teaching them that he first went to pray. He went on the mountain and he connected with God. And here you see the disciples Some of them are fearful, and some of them are terrified, and some of them, only one of them. It's Peter. And Jesus said to him, take heart, do not be afraid. But Peter, suddenly he was passionate. I don't know about you, but I've got a passionate, I've got a passion to be where Jesus is. I've got a passion to be where Jesus is. Now, Peter was always the type of the disciple who would always respond with his mouth. He sometimes put his foot in it. But there was one episode in the life of Jesus where Jesus asked him a question and he said, who do people say that I am? And the disciples, all of them were a little quiet. Nobody really responded. But Peter was the first one in there and he said, you know what? You're the son of God. You're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. He was the one who knew who Jesus was. He had a passion to know Jesus. If you read the different descriptions of when Jesus picked the disciples in the book of Matthew, in the book of Mark, and the the book of Luke, you'll see that Peter is the first one on the list. Now, I don't know why he's the first one on the list. He's he's known as Simon, and he's known as Peter. Simon there, he put in his mouth, and Peter means rock. Jesus came to change his life, but he was there on that list. And Peter was always the first up. And here, he's in the boat, but suddenly he realizes that Jesus is operating above the wind and above the waves. And he sees Jesus walking on the water. Now, I remember being passionate about God upstairs in the balcony. And one of my friends, he, he had passed, passed away. One of the friends of a friend had passed away. And it was one of those times of revival. And this doesn't make sense because suddenly if a friend of a friend passes away, the automatic natural order of things is to put your arm around and say, okay, everything's going to be okay. And you'll cry and you'll mourn with that person. But often in times of revival and often in times where you're connecting with God, you start to believe God for the impossible. And I remember something just stirring in me. And I said, well, if he's passed away and he's young, maybe there's a chance that God will raise him from the dead. 
Now, I don't know where this passion came from because during those times in the 95, 96, and 97, those times of revival, we would go out into the streets and many people would respond to God. And suddenly here in Peter's life, you see Jesus walking on the water. The people are in the boat. They're stuck in the boat. They're not coming out of the boat. They're not stepping out of the boat. But Peter's excited. And he says this word, if it is you, Lord, command me to come on the water. Command me to come on the water. Now, I don't know if any of you swim today. You know, when I was doing water skiing in Barbados, I remember being on, on the, the, that's as, as, as much as I could be walking on the water. And the guy was getting in, he said, you know, what, what you've got to do is put your feet in there and get your balance. And then when the boat starts to move, you start to just have, and I remember walking not walking on the water, but walking on those skis, and as we begin to pull away, being, being nervous. And Peter, he said, when Jesus said the word come, he said, come to me on the water. Peter automatically got out of the boat, and he says he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. Now, I don't know if you recognize the voice of God, but the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, if you go back in Luke's gospel, chapter 5, and Matthew's gospel, chapter 14, you'll see when Jesus first called Peter. And when he first called Peter, he actually said the word, come and follow me. So all of Peter's life in relating to Jesus, Peter had knew that word, come. He heard the Lord's voice. And when he heard the Lord's voice this time, it was, come. What, come and follow you? Come and follow you on the water? I've been following you all this time. Well, if, Lord, if that's you, I'm going to step out and I'm going to believe you. Now here, there's faith and there's fear. There's lots of people in the boat. Only Peter steps out and begins to walk on the water. He walks on that one word. Just one word from God can keep you going. Just one word from God can keep you going. Many of you here tonight, you've had promises from God. But some of you have even forgot those words. You've left those words behind. Even in a big church like KT, we've had many, many prophecies. And many, many words from God. But if those words are in our spirit and in our lives, and we're living and we're breathing them, then we're going to have the faith that God has required to overcome. The Bible says that faith overcomes the world. And this word, this one word, come, was sufficient enough for Peter to step out on the boat and begin to walk. Many of us, we want many words from God, many sermons, many books we've got to read in order just to step a little bit in the things of God. Here, Peter just stepped out on one word, just one word from God. I wonder if God gave you one word from him tonight, and that would be enough for you just to start a cell group. Yeah, just to go and move, sell your house and go to another country. Just one word from God to step out and begin to believe God for supernatural things. Moving in the miraculous. How many people believe that they can move in the miraculous? You know, it takes, it takes faith. It takes baby faith step by step. Like Peter walking on the water. He wasn't used to walking on the water. And he would have had to step by step just begin to move and operate in walking on that water he wasn't used to. Jesus was walking on the water. He's the creator of the world. He's the word became flesh. He, he created everything. He was walking just on the, on the earth and walking on the lake. But here Peter needed to learn. I remember when I first saw Judah and Anna Joy begin to walk. I've got 
two kids, one, three and a half, and uh, Anna Joyce, she's coming up to her first birthday uh, next year. And, and just seeing her walk, and as you begin to see your kids walk, what does it do? There's an excitement, isn't there? There's an excitement. I remember Judah just being there. I, was, I think I was watching some uh, music, some worship was going on, and he was playing on his toy box, and I was believing that he was going to walk, and he was around uh, nine months, and I'd spent a month off, and I'd been spending time with him, and he still hadn't walked, and I was just about to go back to the office and start again, and I was thinking, my God, why didn't he walk during the time that I was with him? And just towards the end, I remember him being on his toy box, and as he was on his toy box, all he was doing was playing around, and suddenly... He just got up like this. And he looked around. And I remember, he wouldn't have known this, but I just jumped up and said, whoa. I grabbed the camera, filmed him. That was the first time that he began to stand up. That was his first time. And I thought, wow, there was excitement there. This gives you a little impression, the excitement that was happening in Peter walking on the water. Excited to, to be with Jesus. Why did Peter step out? Why did he want to operate in the miraculous? You know, if you operate in the miraculous, or if you want to operate in the miraculous, or the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to learn to fail. Sometimes it, it won't work. Why? Because you might step out on presumption. You might step out on yourself and your own ability. You, may, you don't have a perfect ear to God sometimes. You need to tune in. I remember listening to Martin Smith, the worship leader, and he gave a word at a youth camp. And he just said, I've got a word regarding, it was one of those words where probably not many people will respond. And he said, I think there's a girl here who's on the verge of committing suicide, explained a little bit more information and asked her to raise her hand. Well, very difficult for her to raise her hand if she's gone through those issues, but he stepped out. And as he stepped out in faith, he just gave the word. She didn't respond. And I remember to this day when I was there, he said, you know what? Sometimes you just got to step out and do what you believe God's called to do. And say what God's called to say. And that's all that we can do. It's not our ability, it's our, our availability, amen? And if you don't step out, you, you won't see the power of God. If you don't speak up, you'll never see somebody saved. If you don't say, hey, can I pray for you, you'll never see a miracle. So the worst thing that can happen is that it won't happen. But what happens if it does happen? And here, Peter stepped out on the boat. He didn't have a conversation with the rest of the people in the boat saying, hey, the waves are there. It's difficult. Is it Jesus? Is it not Jesus? Should I step out? Should I not? Did he say come or was he saying wait? I don't know what he was saying. He just heard one word and he stepped out in faith and began to walk on the water for the first time. Now, why did he step out? I've got some things here. I believe he stepped out because he wanted to walk as Jesus walked. He wanted to be authentic. He wanted to be a real Christian, a real disciple. He wanted to move forward with God. Because if you read the book of 2 Peter in chapter 1, what does he actually say when he's talking about faith? He's talking, add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith knowledge. Add to your faith these things. Why is he saying that? Because he's saying, listen, it's not enough just to be a Christian. It's not just to have faith. It's not just enough just to have operated one day in the miraculous power of God. Or take a two steps walking on the water. You need to continue to keep moving forward with God. Amen? Not being stagnant for one moment. Because Peter decided he wanted to be authentic in 1 John 2 verse 6. It says, as a Christian, if you're a Christian, you need to walk as Jesus walked. Hallelujah. Talk as Jesus talked, to be like Christ. And if you're limited by fear, 
and anxiety and oppression is because the devil has got a victory. But if Christ is in you, the hope of glory, then he's got the power to break those fears from your life. And it's my prayer that Christ would begin to become at the forefront of your life. That was Peter's desire. He wanted to know Christ. He was passionate about Christ. And it was that passion that got him out of that boat in the first place. He was so passionate that he said, you know what? I want to be where Jesus is. I want to be close to Jesus. Do you have that passion tonight? To be close with him, to connect with him. Because I tell you, if you're going to defeat the fears in your life, if you're going to win the battle between faith and fear, you've got to know Christ. You've got to meet with Christ. You've got to connect with Christ. And his power is going to come and change your life. Now when 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, he says, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. If you want to defeat your fears, you need to be filled with God's power. You need to be filled with His love. Know that He loves you. There's something happening to that lady tonight. As she was prayed for, the love of God was touching her life. And not just for that limited five minutes, but God wants to fill you through and through with His love. He wants to tell you tonight that He loves you. That He's with you. That He's for you. And as you're filled with that love, the Bible says, perfect love casts away all fear. And how do you know the love of God? Because you realize who Jesus is. Peter realized who Jesus was. He wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was the son of God. And when he said, come, he said, well, if you're the son of God and you are who I believe you to be, then when you speak saying, come, I know I can just come. I've got all confidence in you that you can save me, that you can help me. And you read in this verse, when Peter got distracted, when he got distracted and began to sink, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do when he began to sink, when he began to make a mistake? What happened? He was distracted. He was doubting. He was fearful. And he began to sink. What did Jesus do? Jesus grabbed him. And what did Jesus do? And pulled him back up. Hallelujah. Jesus pulled him back up. Well, there's two things there. Peter cried out, Lord, save me. I tell you, if you're going through a difficult time tonight, and all you use is those three words, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Those words have power, especially when you desire to walk where Jesus walked. When you desire to be where Jesus is going to go and do what Jesus is going to do. When you desire to step out of the boat and believe God, Jesus is always there to save you. And if you're not a Christian tonight, Jesus is the only one who can save you. He's the only one who can help you. He's the only one who can give you eternal life. He's the only one who can give you forgiveness. It's not staying in the boat of the church. The church won't save you. Only Jesus can save you. Peter, he began to sink. What caused you to sink? Sin causes you to sink. Unbelief causes you to sink. Distractions cause you to sink. I was reading an article this week on where, where do thieves operate in London? Where, where the, the largest amount of crimes that happen in London where pickpockets are concerned. Places like King's Cross and Stratford, London Bridge. Those packed type of areas. And how do the thieves do it? They use distraction. They use distraction. So one, were, one person would distract the, the woman and quickly the guy will be in their, their handbag and whatever they've stolen would have disappeared. Distraction here. Peter he was fixed his eyes on Christ. He was walking by faith. He was walking on the water, but suddenly he began to see the wind. And as he began to see the wind, he was what? He was a, 
He was afraid. Fear began to paralyze him, and that's why he began to sink. He was distracted. Suddenly doubt began to creep in. That's the battle that's going on. The battle between faith and fear is a constant thing. We're not perfect. We're not perfect like Christ. Christ was walking on the water. But we're a bit like Peter who are desiring to follow God. Sometimes we will walk on the water because God's faith will be perfected in our lives. And there'll be a buzz. There'll be an overflow. And we'll just keep going. But there will also be times where we're fearful. We're struggling again. And we need to rely on God. Peter calls that in 1 Peter chapter 1, he calls that the test of faith. When you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a fiery trial, when you're going through a difficulty, that's what tests your faith. And here Peter, Jesus says to Peter, oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. In another translation it says, in another book it says that Jesus and Peter walked back to the boat. Walked back to the boat. Jesus took Peter on a walk on the water all the way back to the boat. What happened to the disciples? What happened to the disciples? They were, they were in the boat. They were still in the boat. Now, if Peter jumped out of the boat, so if Bruce or Chris jumped out of the boat, then my natural uh, kind of capacity would have been to say, hey, if you're going, I'm going to go as well. But somehow these disciples were gripped in fear. They were paralyzed by fear. They were kept in fear, and not one of them stepped out in faith. Only Peter and Jesus were the ones who stepped out in faith. I don't know about you, but I want to be the one who steps out in faith. I want to be the one who believes God. When, when it's not happening, when it's not working, I want to step out. When cells are not being planted, churches are not being planted, stuff's not happening, well, let's have a go. Hallelujah. Let's believe God. That God can do something, whether it's in Camden Town, a place that's known uh, for goths and punks and drugs and all that. Why not plant a church there and see the gospel light shine, hallelujah, and believe for people to be saved? What's the least that can happen? It won't work and nothing will happen. But if God's in it, it's going to grow. We step out and we believe God. Wherever we go, we step out. I want to encourage you tonight as a close to be somebody who wins the battle between faith and fear. And the, the way you do that is you get the Word of God deep down in your spirit. You keep recognizing who you are in God, who you are in God. I preached my first message when I was in the Bible school, and I preached it on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. And what helped me, I was absolutely petrified, but I also believed that God had called me to preach. So you can imagine, you've got this faith, this desire to preach, and yet you've got this, this nervousness going through your system, and you think, well, how am I going to get over this? And as I begin to preach, I begin to, pr begin to picture that God was behind me. And all the hosts of angels were behind me. Because when God said he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, he's given you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind, it means that he is with you. Hallelujah. He's supporting you. He is strengthening you. And he is on your side. Hallelujah. And if he's on your side and his faith is operating inside of you, then you can overcome your fears. And you can overcome your doubts. And you can do the things that God's called you to do. And you can be the person that God's called you to be. Hallelujah. Because it's God working in you. Hallelujah.